This Coach Me Up podcast is powered by our friends at One Country. Every month, One Country members are entered into amazing giveaways that do great stuff. Each giveaway gives back to a great cause because One Country believes that when you get, you give. Visit onecountry.com slash coach to become a member and get your first month free. Again, go to onecountry.com slash coach and experience winning that gives back. Also, our friends at Blue Delta Jeans. They make the best fitting, most comfortable jeans in the world because they are uniquely made for you and only you. Raw denim jeans, custom fit and hand tailored in Tupelo, Mississippi. One size fits one at bluedeltajeans.com. And by Connexial, the live supply chain company connecting one to all through superb technology and solutions to drive life. Fleet owners and logistics professionals trust Connexial to coach up their drivers, improving safety, cost, and compliance. Visit Connexial.com slash coach for more information. Back for another edition of the Coach Me Up podcast. Chris Burke here with my boy, Jimmy Dykes. Uh, fired up to be joined by the founder of OneCountry.com, Rich Morris. And Rich is not just one of our biggest supporters uh, and a man who's doing so much so much good for so many people, but he's also one of the dear friends of, of you, Jimmy. So tell us a little more about Rich. Yeah, he is. He was an all-conference golfer at the University of Arkansas and then went out on the tour for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years. And then uh, God kind of put him on a different path. But, man, he has a powerful, powerful story. Uh, that we're all going to learn from, be challenged from. There's not a kinder guy in my life that loves others and shows that day after day after day uh, than Rich Morris. And I'm so excited to have him on. He's a huge supporter of our podcast. Let's get going now with Rich Morris from OneCountry.com. We are so excited to have Rich Morris, who is, he's the founder of OneCountry.com, which is our title sponsor and, and, and the real gas behind what we do here on the Coach Me Up podcast. They were the first ones to jump in there and say, hey, we believe in what you do because our heart for our podcast is very similar to what Rich does uh, with his group there at One Country and all the things that they that has spun off of that. Um, but Rich and I are really tight buddies, Chris. Like, we're we're... If you say who's in your circle of five guys that I that I would say have my ear, uh, Rich is one of those five. And his wife and my wife cheered together at Arkansas. He's got two uh, beautiful daughters. Uh, one of them's going to be a sophomore, I believe, right at Harvard next year. Yep. And, uh, and wait, wait, wait! Did you say Harvard? Har- Harbor <laughs> High School. She will then go to oh, Harvard, okay. that's most right. likely. Okay. Okay. Rich Morris okay. and Renee. I yeah. was like, man, you slid that in real <laughs> casually. No, Harbor with okay. a B, but she'll probably end okay. up at Harvard. So you're, you're speaking in like Arkansas, like lingo, like Harbor. You just say it like everybody knows what Harbor is. So <laughs> yeah. Harbor High School, I imagine, is a local. Arkansas, what is that? Is that uh, what part of is that? Northwest Arkansas, it's Bentonville? a six a powerhouse, man. Yeah. Okay. There okay. we go. I see. I should know that. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal <laughs> yeah. cheerleading program, by the way. That's okay. Right. Uh, All right. Anyways, uh, so Rich, let's like let's just people. Uh, I'm. We want to know who you are first of all. I know I know all about you, but you played golf at the University of Arkansas. You were a two time. SEC all conference golfer, and then uh, you jumped out on the tour for I don't remember seven, eight, nine years. Talk us through that time, and I know Renee, your wife was out with you as a caddy. Just kind of talk us through what that looked like and how you transferred then back to Northwest Arkansas, please. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I watched all the podcasts and guys you're doing great work and uh the guests you've had and and the messages they continue to carry is is really inspirational for a guy like me and i think probably a lot of folks out there that they get to listen to so thank you to start with um yeah i i, I graduated in 1999 from the u of a and uh this dream obviously of, of playing professional golf um you know as a junior the, the game came pretty simple. It came easy for me, I should say. Um, had, a, had a pretty good college career. And then again, the nec- next likely step was to um, try to secure a PGA Tour card. So uh, after 10 years of, of 
grinding and, and any of those guys that have played the minor leagues or uh, even even the mini tours on on the golf side. Uh, it's a it's an arduous, just a, a long road. It seems like I, I uh, luckily had my wife. Uh, I had a job in Kansas right when I graduated from college, and uh, she talked me into saying, "Let's let's go play golf." So we sold our house in Kansas, put our stuff in storage, and and there it sat for six and a half years. We didn't. We didn't have a home. Uh, we traveled like nomads all across the country. Uh, have some unbelievable friendships that were made along those uh, those during those those years of traveling. Um, to this day, uh, continue to be some of our, our best friends. But the task itself, the the golf is a wonderful. I, I have such a maybe a love dislike relationship with it. Uh, it. It beat me up pretty good. <laughs> it beat me up pretty good. I know that. I know that relationship. <laughs> uh, but so much. Respect, I got one of those. So much respect for the game in of itself. Uh, I don't play a whole lot anymore. Uh, my my oldest uh, just made the high school golf team, so maybe I'm going to get back into it a little bit. But I had a, a an interesting time where I, every year, if you if you're familiar with the PJ Tour how it works, there's qualifying school that comes at the end of the year, and that really slots you for the, the following year. And I had missed the uh, receiving a, a tour card uh, three years in a row by one shot. And that's when I, I realized, you know what, maybe maybe God has something different in store for me. And um, really where my story kind of picks up and to answer your question, Jimmy, uh, was was a was a night that I was, it was right before Christmas. I'll never forget it. And I'm and I'm sitting there uh, hanging sheetrock in a, in a warehouse, uh, just as an odd job. And I, I wasn't for sure what I was going to do the following year. I, I, 10 years of essentially being removed from the, uh, the work world. And I had, uh, I had decided that, you know, should I play again? Should I not play again? And what would I do if, who would hire a guy that has no real experience? And, I, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was up upstairs in this warehouse hanging sheetrock and Christmas music is playing in the background. And I remember crying out to God saying, what in the world do you want me to do? You've, I feel like you've given me a gift, but it never really, uh, it, it has not panned out what I thought it was going to be. I had a dream of making a bunch of money and giving it a lot and giving a lot of it away. And, and it become Renee, my wife's dream as well. And uh, uh, it was a, it was one of those moments that I'll, I'll never forget, um, crying out and, and literally got on my hands and knees and, and was just really uh, frustrated, but, but also not understanding exactly what the, what the future held for me and my career. And, and I'll never forget it. I, I, and I'm, I, I want to say this, and I know we're jumping in quickly on this, guys, but uh, I want to I be clear that I'm no different than anybody else. I'm, I'm not an anointed person. Um, I've, I've heard God's voice twice in my life, and this is one of those times when I was literally on my knees, and, and he says, Rich, you got to start with being thankful. And that really began this new um, uh, an aha moment, and, and I'll never forget. I'm I'm sobbing on the ground and and I look up and it it was as clear as day, Rich, you got to be thankful. And I said, okay, God, I'll give you 30 days. I'll give you 30 days and I'll trust you that whatever comes my way, I'll be thankful. We've had our, our youngest, who's two at the time, um, my wife Renee's pregnant with, with our second, uh, Richie, uh, Richie the fifth. Uh, 36 weeks um, in, and uh, I'm going to be a dad of a, a daughter and a, and a son, which was which was really a dream come true. And um, and that very next day, I'll never forget. I said, "Whatever comes my way, I'm going to be thankful." And sure enough, that next day, uh, uh, the guy that uh, ran the company asked me to uh, if if I could help him with a couple things, and that led to a, a potential opportunity from a job standpoint. The, the very next day following that day, I was invited by a, 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 a college roommate to be part of a Bible study, did that. And, and so one thing was leading to the next. And then about a week later, I'm offered a job. So now it seems like the pathway has become pretty clear for Rich and what, what, is, to, what is to come. And, uh, but I knew that things were, were working pretty well. It was easy to be thankful when things are great, right? And, right. and 1 yeah. Thessalonians 5.16 you know, re, uh, rejoice always, uh, uh, be thankful in all circumstances and pray continually. And 
that was that was the moment that I began to to realize that gosh, what if something bad came my way? And but I again I'd made this deal with God, which seems terrible to even say. What <laughs> 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 whatever comes, good or bad. And uh, it was now fast forward to uh, about February. Uh, it was the first week of February. And uh, we had gone in. Uh, we had received a ton of snow here in northwest Arkansas. And the clinic was closed. My wife says, gosh, I'm just not feeling Richie kick as much as, as I had in the past. And, and we ended up, uh, the clinic wasn't open that day. They said, come in the next day, drink some caffeine, walk around the office. And she did that, still not really feeling like he did uh, or she had before. Uh, we go in the following day and I never forget it to this day. I remember the smells. I remember what I was wearing. Uh, I remember the, um, uh, I remember, I remember the, 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 the feel of this moment. And, and I remember we walked in and, and there are two OBGYNs that walked in. Dr. Hicks here in Northwest Arkansas is looking at the ultrasound and, and turns around with a tear coming down his cheek. And he says, Gosh, guys, I'm I'm so sorry you've lost you've lost Richie, and there's nothing, nothing that really can be done. And uh, at that moment, that kind of riveting, what in the world? And this in the back of my mind, and all things give thanks. How do you give thanks in times like that? And that was a that was one of the the aha moments for me, in that yes, it's easy when things are good. But when things aren't great, is really the the time that that I have to I have to dig deep, and uh, I can't tell you that I've not punched the ground and cried and and been um, you know difficult times between even my wife and I uh, going through something like that. And but we both have remained remained thankful since that day, and there's not a day that goes by that I, that I don't think about him. Uh, but it, that's our story. That's our story of gosh, there is there's God is sovereign. And um, there's redemption in that as well. Uh, we've now been blessed. Never thought we'd have another child after that uh, experience. And um, our, our youngest, who's now 10, uh, has a lot of boy in her, uh, another mm. girl. And, uh, and I can't imagine life without a third. So yeah. I've, been a dad, I've been a dad three times. Uh, but Jimmy, the thing that I remember most, and, and I, I know you've got some questions, but this is kind of paint the picture. I'll never forget what that that next day when we had the service at the graveside, Jimmy, you were there. And um, for some reason, I decided to stand up and turn around at the end of the service. And if you can imagine the caskets in, in front of me and all these people are on the, on the, on the back uh, of, of this um, tent, if you will. And, and I turn up and I look around and I see Jesus's face in each of these people that have shown up for me and, and my wife and, and our, and our youngest daughter. And uh, it was, it was a, it was a moment that I'll never, ever, ever forget because it felt like I got a bear hug from everybody all at the same time in a way that was so very, very special. So that was, uh, really the moment that, that I had to make a choice that how do I live the rest of my life? Yes. Being, um, saddened, but at the same time being rejoiceful and, and mm -hmm. continuing to pray and continue to be thankful. So, um, but I, I was given a new set of glasses to look through a, a different lens that really changed the way that I have seen God. I see God in, 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 in most everything now. Um, so anyway, that's a, that's a long story, but that, that kind of sets the stage for, for where anybody that'll listen, I'll, obviously I want to talk about my son, but I also, it changed my life. It changed the course of the direction of things not, my identity was wrapped up in what I shot, the money that I made that showed up in the paper the next day, those kinds of things that really was not who Rich was. It was what, what Rich did. And uh, tough to, it's tough for people, I think, at times to, to identify with who I am in Christ and not uh, really um, what I do is, is not my identity at the end of the day. So... Ooh. Sorry, I just hit you with that. Uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a lot to digest. Tell me your wife's name, Renee. Renee, mm -hmm. how did you love Renee through that? Boy, that's a great question, Chris. Um, I it, I think it has a lot to do with the love we had for like, each did she other. Want, did she want, did, yeah. did, was she leaning into you? Was she, was she mad? Was she angry? Was she, no. was she 
trying to run from like like cuz i i'm just I, we had a situation where our, our firstborn son almost died he spent the first 5 months of his life in the hospital and i can remember a night sarah just kind of knows how i'm wired and i remember a night where we were laying in bed after he had almost uh not come back he had had his third stomach second or third stomach surgery and he was on so much morphine i mean he's only weeks old he was on so much morphine that he had stopped breathing in the middle of the night and they had to resuscitate him mm -hmm. and we ended up maybe it was the following night my parents were like y'all need to go home you know we hadn't been home in however long so she and i went home and she looked at me and she goes don't ever make me think this is good mm -hmm. And I just remember, like, this is not a time for a pep talk. I'm not going to preach a sermon to her. I'm just going to kiss her on the forehead. We're going to go to sleep. You know, we, yep. and we, because we had just prayed and, and she was mad, you know, and I was like, and God just gave me a real clear, like, hey, dude, don't, this ain't it. This ain't the time to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Even though, because we were both having separate interactions with the Lord during that time. And some of it, she, she had, she felt like God had spoken to her that he was going to save him. Mm. But then in the midst of that, she had some, you know, so anyway, not to make it about my story, but I'm just curious. I, the Lord saved our boy and he's a healthy 13 year old, but um, I just would love to know like what kind of wisdom and, and guidance that God gave you on how to love Renee through all that. It's a, it's something we've obviously been in counseling for, uh, just to think through, because the grieving process, my, my father was a funeral director for 45 years. So I've been around death a lot. Like I, oh, like I've, wow. Uh, wow. I used to work the funeral home. I've, I've worked, I don't know how many funerals, uh, but when it's you, um, I think there's, there, there's a couple of things that I've, I've been able to, to reflect on over the years. And Liz, I lost my mom when I was seven, uh, too. Uh, I've been blessed with a, a fantastic new mom. But at the same time, those losses, it's almost like time stops, right? When you're in the middle of death, like time stops in such a way that it is like God designed it that way in birth and death, almost that, that like nothing else matters in that time. And I think for for Renee and I, it, it was a. She was looking to me for answers that I didn't have. Um, doctors didn't have it. Uh, it was. It, we were there. We literally were in the clinic three days prior to this. Like everything had checked out perfectly. Like every. Again, everything was there, and it's like, wait a second, what just happened? Like that. That was the more of the questioning that that I had a lot of the same questions that she was having for me that I was having for like, and she's blaming herself. Maybe she didn't do something right. Maybe she didn't eat right. Maybe she didn't take the right vitamins. All those questions that I think over time has has subsided in the sense of it's not as. Um, the pain is still there, but it's just, it's subsided somewhat, right? That's the, I think that's the best way to put it. But we've really relied on each other and relied on God to say, you know what, in this, because through this journey of, of the thankfulness side, Renee had adopted that as well. And, and she believed what I had said to her. And, and it was, okay, how do you, how do you remain thankful in something like this? And it's like, but then you start to see the, the lives that were changed because of him. Uh, a number of people accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of him. Um, uh, several folks at that service that I told you about, it made it made a mark on them in, in a way that through mm -hmm. tragedy, uh, God showed up. And and um, mm -hmm. and I I don't know if I've answered your question well, Chris, but it, it was a it's been it's a continues to be well, a I think, journey. Yeah, I yeah I think. I've said this many times at many men's groups. I'm so grateful that I'm not my wife's savior because I'm a, I, I feel like I'm a decent husband, but I'm a lousy savior. Like I, I can't, when she goes to spend time with the Lord and, and puts her nose in, in his word and, and, and fills her cup up with, he gives her something I can't give her. No. Even on my best day, I can't even approach what the Lord can give her. And I was so grateful through that time that God just said, hey, you, you don't need to fix this. I've got her. You just love her. You just listen. You just be, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's a, you, none of us would want to go through a period of time like that to, to learn that lesson. But the, the, he's a good, good father, even in the worst of times. Yeah. Um, and for a mother to lose a child, 
uh, if the woman only has the husband to lean into, I can't imagine how how that would go down. You know what I mean? Sure. Like that would be a really that would be a really it's a hard thing no matter yep. what, but it would be a really really hard thing without Renee's perspective of the Lord. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Chris, Chris, I I know Rich really well, and he mentioned First uh, Thess- Thessalonians five sixteen, and it says, "Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." And that that verse sums up uh, those two verses. That sums up Rich Morris. If you ask me to describe him with a scripture. That would it. That would be it. He is joyful always. I've seen him deal with stress. I've seen him deal with highs and lows. I've never seen him not joyful. Um, mm. I know he well, praised for our him. listeners. Nate Harris, our last guest, yeah. quoted that verse. Yeah, he sure did. Through some tough yeah, times, back to you know, back. and it just. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he prays continually. I've been with him in Bible into. studies. I know how he leads his people, how he leads his family, uh, and that give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, he has certainly learned that. Uh, I will remember, the one thing I remember from that service uh, was when Rich got out of the car that morning uh, and he looked up for the first time and saw everybody there. The grief and the sadness on his face was as real as I've ever seen. Uh, and the, But like he just said, the joy and the people that came to know Jesus through that situation— uh, God is so true to His Word that that all all things work together for good for those who love the Lord, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what He has done uh, with uh, with Richie and uh, with Rich and Renee in that situation. Rich, I, I I have to think that what God taught you through that because this was prior to one country. Oh yeah. I have to believe that that what God showed you and taught you through that and how he changed your heart through that had to have some impact on your vision for onecountry.com. I've never asked you this, so I hope I'm not out of line by by saying this, but yeah. talk about that for us a little bit, please. You bet. Yeah, I would say uh, with one country, it has been it's been a journey. Uh, we've we've taken some lumps. We've taken some uh, some great successes, and and really, where one country was, what it was born out of, in, in its newest form, was uh, th- as I told you, I've heard God's voice audibly twice in my life, and the second time was about teaching people what service means, like how do you serve those around you, and really making that become really the hands and feet of Jesus, and that's a. Can you do that in a business setting? I, it, it, how do you how do you how do you put those two things together? And and really, the it has been born out of yes, we give big prizes away, but we encourage those to go serve and to go do things for take the spotlight off of themselves for for two minutes, ten minutes, an hour, and go do something good for someone else. And that is really the kind of the impetus of the of where that. Uh, that where the business has come from and where it is today. And really, Jimmy, I, I have to give credit to you. I remember we were sitting on a, on a porch one night and you were, we were talking about ways in which we can engage an audience. And it's like, why can't we do something good? So every, every week, one country puts out a new challenge. Uh, it could be donate, uh, donate uh, blood to the Red Cross. It could be buy a, a cup of coffee for a firefighter. It could be mow a neighbor's yard. Like just do something in service for someone else. And then come back and we'll give you uh, entries into the giveaway. So we're incentivizing folks to go do something good for someone else. If nothing else, to maybe plant a seed in their, ha- in, in their head to say, gosh, that felt, that felt good. And it's like when you buy a, somebody in the, in the gas station, their gas, like it just the, like the, the smile and the joy that comes on their face to like, where did this come from? And you're expecting nothing in, in return, yeah, yeah. you get blessed in, in such a way that it's it's indescribable. So how do we do more of that? I think the world needs that right now, no doubt. Rich, tell us, um, for those that aren't familiar with OneCountry.com, dig in a little bit deeper for us in terms of what do you do? How do you do it? How do you build your community? How, how does a giveaway work? And, and 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 continue on the, the the heart behind it is what impresses me more than anything. Please, yeah, yeah. So one country, 
as I mentioned, we give big prizes away uh, and, and people love to win things. There's no doubt about it. Like there, there, there's no secret. Uh, how do we do that in a way that is is compelling and where it creates a synergy of folks that can come together as a community is where I think okay. the magic begins to happen. And when you, that say, is, big, when you say big prizes, like yeah. give me an example. It could be a it could be a, a million dollars. It could be a house. It could be yep. uh, a, a brand new Chevy Silverado. It could be yep. a Corvette. Uh, I'm just yep. thinking about prizes we've given away in the past. Yep. Uh, it could be a restored 1971 uh, CK10, Chevy CK10 that Blake Shelton fronted for us. Like uh-huh. things like that that uh, that people are, are drawn to, and, and especially if you if you think about it, the way in which people come in, most likely they're scanning through Facebook or Instagram, and they see something that catches their eye, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. I know that if I if, if I buy entries into this, a portion of those proceeds are going to go to nonprofits, and we're going to support the St. Jude's, uh, the Folds of Honors, uh, the American Red Cross, folks that are doing good work that continue to need funding to do to do their work. And um, so that's the one component. The other component is I mentioned the challenges. So you can become a member of one country, and uh, yeah, there's some perks. You get some uh, exclusive content on the backside uh, through an app that we developed while also you've got challenges that you can come in every week, submit a, a picture, a video, and we'll give you entries into the giveaway. So that is the uh, the heart behind it. I think it only becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as we go. As the community continues to grow, uh, tens of thousands of members, how, how do we do even more good? How do we incentivize people to go do good in their own respective communities or in their own neighborhoods? Uh, give them ideas and uh, is, is there, in some small way, can they begin to make a difference and, and the world begins to look differently because people are doing good. And that may be very platitudinal and lofty, but I believe it. I, that's what God told me to do. So I'm going to spend the rest of my years on this earth until he tells me to do something else. We're going to go do good for, for those around us. Just a, just a quick, I feel like I love, you just gave us the heart and the mission and kind of the bigger picture of what one country is. But for a novice like myself, tell us just practically what is one country? Like, what do you, what do you guys do? Well, uh, essentially that. I, I will tell you just to give you context. I mean, is yeah. it a, do you go for country music? Yeah. Like, it's called one country. So exactly. it, tell us about the music side uh, of it. Because it started as the, as the source of country music, right, Rich? This is true. This is okay. Literally, it started, we started an online company called Country Outfitter where we sold cowboy boots online. Most likely sold okay. a lot of people their first pair of cowboy boots. We built a significant business in a short amount of time. And out of that, what time? What time? This would have been 2011, 2012, 2013. Okay. Just as Facebook okay. is, it's a really nascent. Yeah, people are starting to buy yeah, online. That's, that's right. becoming a yeah. thing. The whole Amazon deal. really right. wasn't okay. Amazon uh, in 2011, yeah. right? Uh, but right. this idea of so you're selling cowboy yeah, boots. Selling cowboy boots. Out of that, okay. we had this idea of could we take people from content to commerce? Okay, so could we write an article about ten ways to wear uh, a boot to a festival? Like, like, give you ideas on this is how you need to wear it. This is how you not need to wear it if you're a female or, or even a guy. And out of that, one country became this news source, if you will, where we were writing about country music, country lifestyle news. So it could be every. And when you say we, you have like a team, a team, team of, of writers. Like, we're, from, we had we were writing okay. forty to sixty original pieces of content a day about okay again it could be about carrie underwood it could be about every birth death and so divorce. you're covering country music that's right exactly okay. now we knew okay. we knew for a fact and it was a it was a great business model we knew for a fact that that organic reach inside of facebook was going to go to zero you would have to pay to reach those 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 fans that we'd built a, a fan base of over seven seven and a half million uh facebook followers at the time so it was a significant amount of folks that were interested in the stuff that we were talking about and it's like how do we which is a nice business but it's like how do we do something bigger and better than just writing articles we can continue to cover that stuff but how do we do it in a way that is more compelling and actually do some good and that's where the idea of we we had this idea what if we took a infinity qx80 a uh, very popular vehicle it's an eighty thousand dollar car we're going to put that up and see if people will gravitate to it and literally from a really a kind of a human experiment people gravitated to it in such a way that we were both scratching uh, my partner and i scratching our heads and like what in the world have we created this is this is unbelievable so then we gave away a house and then and we gave away uh, another car and then we gave away cash and we tried a number of different prizes and they've all worked like people love to win things 
but is if you can if you can correlate it with there's a give back component now the other side of it is our ability to use uh, influence uh, from the Nashville side. So using the country music artists. So whether it's Reba, uh, Blake Shelton, uh, Parker McCollum, um, guys Dirk like Schmeling. that, Dirks, uh, yeah, Jordan Dirks, Davis, yeah. uh, um, Winona Judd, like folks that are really, they have a, they have a sphere of influence that's significant. And it's like, well, we can help benefit the nonprofits that they care about or their charities, and we can take care of that. We can build this story around uh, win the car while a portion of those proceeds are going to go help what Blake cares about or what uh, Reba cares about. And, and then we can tell that story again. So, yes, people are winning while at the same time the nonprofit's winning at the, at the same time. So, in, in a and sense. And are you still a website where people are going to find out, like, trends and stories and things around country music? I would say the the content has begun to shift away from uh, think about kind of real-time news. Like we're not we're, we're not a 24-hour news cycle. We're not trying to write about everything that's happening right now. We are interested in talking about uh, the latest tour that Blake's on, or Parker McCollum, or any of these guys that are out there that are touring. We want to we want to talk about their singles. We want to talk about what was yeah. the inspiration? So you're still covering music? country music. Absolutely. Yeah. The inspiration yeah. behind the music yeah. is something we call fireside chat. So they essentially go and grab the artist. Where did this Where did this song really come from? Where did it originate from? And then mm-hmm. they'll probably play the song and and talk about it. And and it's this kind of uh, fun environment to where the the consumer being uh, the fan can engage with an artist in a, in a way that is just different. It's it's. Um, it's it's different way to, to engage and and promote the 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 albums or the songs that they've just come out with. Hmm. Uh, Jimmy, you get to talk to Rich all the time, so I'm just going to keep, no, keep going. In okay, I'm, I'm enjoying listening. I got. I'm going to take this thing lighter. Okay, <laughs> I, I got to hear. You went heavy. You went heavy quickly. Sorry. So I need to. I'm, I'm going back to the beginning. I need to hear when when you're standing on the 16th hmm. fairway. And you you're pulling a club, and you you need to make you need to play the last three and one under to make the cut. Like, what's that? Con- is is uh, is Renee? Does Renee speak into that club selection? Does Rich? Does Rich have all the control? And if it goes wrong, who wears it? That's I need to give me some caddy player interaction here. That's a great. I need some good. That's stories. a great question, Chris, because I <laughs> uh, Renee is not a golfer. Um, however, she was right for me in the, in the sense that did she have all the knowledge? No, but all I needed somebody to just back me up. Like, Hey, does this look, Uh is this a, is this a left edge? Does it look like it's going left to right on the green? Or is it a, on the 16th hole and you've got a three when you got to carry the water, you got to make a birdie to, Mm -hmm. to, to make the cut, Yeah, things like that. And she would know me that, Hey, I can tell he's scared. I can tell he's nervous. Lay Let's just up. lay it up. Yeah. And, and that's what I, yeah. she yeah. knew me probably better than even some of the professional caddies working with for years because she knew the uh-huh. the nuances of Rich and what what got me excited, what got my heart rate up, what where I got nervous. Uh, and then there's times that she knows that I got it and like, we're going, like we're not going to back down. Now, I will tell you that third time that we missed a, a tour card by a shot in a row, like one shot over four rounds, um, mm. looking over at her and it's like, just, you know, I, I felt like I'd, I'd really let her down. Um, so we, we mm. walked through that as well. So obviously the highs of the highs, winning tournaments and money and all yeah. this stuff. While at the same time, it's golly, the, the gravity of what just happened. Now you got to wait another four months before you can, you know, really, it's really another year try, before yeah, you can yeah, try again. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, cause I can imagine that. I remember when I got released from the Padres, you know, my career was starting to go sideways and I was already kind of over it, but my wife loved San Diego, mm. <laughs> <Loved> <laughs> San Diego. Like we had, we had a child, uh, our first, we have five now, but we had our first at the time. And like the, the, the playground was the beach. There was this like beach playground yeah. and the waves came in. It was unreal. You wake up, the weather in San Diego is every bit as good as advertised. I'm sure you guys have been there. And we had this neat house that we somehow rented and I had to come home and told her I, I got released today. I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she she loved me well through that period. But it was I was less 
upset for myself than her. Like I just felt bad for her. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have gotten a few more hits. Yeah. I'm a little for her. I'm, I'm a little yeah. hurt that Rich didn't recall the time that I caddied for him. In, in, oh, in a qualifier in, when the U.S. Open qualifier came through Arkansas. That's right. I, I carried his bag. Did you coach him up? <laughs> coach me up. How'd that go? I don't remember. I was so in awe of being inside the ropes. You know, there yeah. was probably people are watching, but I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I was telling everybody, good shot. Like, the other guy's good shot. <laughs> <laughs> I was everybody's caddy. That's all I remember. Like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. gosh. I, I will, there's one story that, I, if I may, Jimmy. Uh, oh, so, go please. You probably please, know what I'm Please, <laughs> This is, Chris, you'll get a kick out of this. So, I'm, I'm literally rocking my daughter, uh, our first daughter, to uh, sleep one night. And she's maybe two. And I get a text from Jimmy said, I need you to call me. And I'm like, oh gosh. So put <laughs> Sally to sleep, put her in the crib. And then I call Jimmy and he's like, dude, I'm playing in the, uh, the gold cup tomorrow at Springdale Country Club. How do I get out of a a sand trap. Like, I don't know how to get out of a sand trap. <laughs> so I had to That's coach him up on how on how to get out of a bunker in the, the event that he the hits in the bunker. That I <laughs> That's great. And how'd we do, Jimmy? We get out? We get, uh, we, we have any Sandys? I, yeah, no, I, I got I, I know I won my match, and that's a okay. whole other podcast. Rich, Rich has heard <laughs> yes. the entire 18-hole match over yeah. several years. Yeah. I've I've I told him very you. well. My my other golf story with Rich, well, we we met at the LPGA event here in Northwest Arkansas. T Tiffany and Renee saw each other and yep. forced Rich and I to start talking at a golf yep. tournament. But we quickly like I, I like this dude a lot. Uh as in I was I was in awe of the fact that he was coming off of the pro tour at the time, pretty much as when he just moved back here. Uh so maybe I don't know, a couple of months later, I said, hey, let, come over and go golfing with me at the Springdale Country Club. And I was just getting going in golf, which is not an excuse. But And Rich hadn't played since he probably walked away from the game, he told me. So he, he'd probably been out for, I don't know, several, several months. Rich Morris had not picked up a golf club. Yeah. And we, we played the front nine. I think I shot like a 40 and Rich shot even par. So as we're driving underneath the tunnel to the back back nine, I mean, I don't, I don't know him real well yet, but, I, but I'm giving it to him. Man, I, I should have been a pro golfer. If you can only beat me by four, like, and, I, and I'm just learning to play, like I should have been a pro golfer. And I, and I don't know if I, I poked the bear or just it just happened. Yeah. That dude rattled off birdies on 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15, <laughs> just like that. Chris, Boom. Just shot 30 like on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like Jordan Duncan on you. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like you need to pipe down. Rich, can I tell you that I was so in love with the game of golf? Like, golf actually helped me weather my last three years of playing baseball because I loved it so mm -hmm. much. And that's what I, that's how I spent my mornings on the road. I'd take my clubs, just got my mind off the game. I, I played play golf my whole life, basically starting in my early teen years. So I, and I'm a big believer that the two sports not only don't uh, contradict each other, but they actually they help each other because mm -hmm. the the way you move your body accurately and athletically stays the same. The swings might be on a little different planes, but anyway, that's another podcast. But I love the game. <clears throat> so as soon as I retired, I was like kind of fired up to play some stroke play tournaments. I'd played in some match play stuff and some scramble, you know. But I really wanted to play like a put your ball in the whole four-day yeah. event, whatever. So I signed up for my club championship and uh, was paired with a couple of really good players. And I'm a scraper. Like, I'll swipe it and punch it out, get it up and down from nowhere and make a bunch of pars. But I just don't strike it quite well enough to really get under par. So anyway, I just scraping it around and I shoot like 77 or 78 or something like that with like eight 20-foot par putts. I mean, I made more putts to shoot 78 you ever seen in your life. And I played with a guy that was a college golfer. And at the end of the round, he looked at me and goes, dude, I haven't seen somebody grind like that since Q school. And we had the biggest laugh because I didn't think much of it. That's all I have. All I had was the ability to grind. I get home. I kid you not. I get home. I collapse on the couch. And my wife goes, what is wrong with you? I was like, I'm as exhausted as I've been after any athletic event I've ever participated in. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, babe, I just scraped it around for four and a half hours. And like my knees were knocking over every putt. Like I, I just, the, the, the intensity of putting your ball in the hole for 18 holes 
and every shot, there's no. Yeah, that's good. Pick there's it no up. nothing. Yeah. And yeah. No, that, and there's uh-huh. not. Oh, I've hit it out of bounds twice, <clears throat> yeah. and so I'm just going to take my double bogey because that's all my handicap. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. And so, anyway, that was my initiation to stroke play tournament golf, and I really fell in love with it. Now, you know, I never, I never achieved much of what I set out to do, but it was. I, I really love. I'm a glutton for punishment, mm-hmm. so I love stroke play golf. Mm-hmm. It is a blast, yep. and what you guys do. You can't possibly even come close to appreciating what you guys do unless you've ever participated in a real stroke play tournament. Yeah, you're 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 spot on. It it it's the the old adage of you know making a three footer for a five dollar Nassau when you've only got a dollar in your pocket. Like that's when you really mm-hmm. test yourself. Like, can you make it or can you not? <laughs> like that's. The, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right. Stroke play is is boy you. There's nobody else to look to. You can't pass the ball to someone, and hopefully they're going to catch yeah. it and, and shoot it. You know, um, yeah. golf is it's top. And you're like, dude, it's just got to go from here it's to here. <laughs> Surely I can hit it from here to here. <laughs> I mean, like, what am I doing? I'm like grinding over there, and that's oh, why yeah. when I yell at the TV, I have to remind myself, like, because I can yell at the TV, like, hurry up and hit. Like these guys grind <laughs> over these twelve. But I tell the local golfer, it, all the guys that pick up their 16 inch putts, watch the rider come. Those dudes don't hardly give each other anything. No, they don't. That's right. Yeah. Because they know they could miss it. They know. Yeah. So true. <laughs> it yeah. cracks so me true. up, dude. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, but I just have a tremendous amount of appreciation because it's one thing to play golf for a living when you're playing on the glory, the yeah. the glory of the PJ Tour. Those guys that grind it out on the mini tours, like, man, that is that is that is a grind fest yeah. that I can't hardly imagine. Mm. Rich, thank you for your time this morning. Oh, You've been a real you blessing to our our listeners. Are going to really uh, be challenged by what you've said. I know their hearts going to be uh, impacted by what you said. Just looking at my notes right now, because Chris and I take notes all the time with all of our guests. But God told you to start with being thankful. That's going to resonate with a lot of folks, including Jimmy Dykes. He gave you a new set of glasses for life. You know, I think I, I think I probably and. And uh, new, needing a new pair of glasses for my life right now in some certain areas. And then he spoke to you very clearly about just being the hands and the feet of Jesus, which is this is exactly what he's told us to do, you know, to love others. And uh, that's that's who you are as an individual. That's how your company is. Uh, I can't think of anyone else in my life, honestly, that truly loves people and puts other people first more than Rich Morris. Uh, Our guest today on the Coach Me Up podcast, the founder of OneCountry.com, those guys now are involved in so many things, but uh, the heart behind everything they do is is a heart uh, that's been changed by Jesus uh, through the life of Rich Morris. So, uh, Rich, thank you for who you are. Uh, Thank you, guys. Very kind of you to say that, Jimmy. Uh, I think the world of you, as you know, and... uh, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this uh, from a from a podcast standpoint because your voice is really valuable and, and people value what you say and your words matter. So uh, I'm grateful to even have the opportunity to share and uh, thank you for letting me tell my story. Well, Jimmy, thanks for uh, number one. Thanks for getting rich uh, involved with supporting this podcast. Number one, because uh, we couldn't do it without him. And number two, thanks for having the great idea to have him on because I think his story is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners. Um, He coached us up on, you know, what it looks like, number one, to be vulnerable, just tell your story. Uh, And, and number two, to what it's like to be uh, thankful in awful, I mean, what else can you call it? Awful circumstances, right? Uh, The death of a child, I think, Anybody that's a parent, even if you're not a parent, I think anybody would agree the death of a child is about as tough a thing as humans have to deal with, right? Um, and I also also think he did a fantastic job of showing us how God can use what you perceive to be a failure, i.e. not making it as a professional golfer, mm-hmm. and take you to a place that that then prepares you for something uh, way harder. Yeah. Um, and 
and the 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 desperation that he thought he was in with his career not working out paled in comparison to the desperation that he found himself with the loss of his of his firstborn son. So I just think about the um the journey that God took him on, but also the way that God had his arm around him through uh Rich just crying out to him. Yeah. Right? Because if yeah. Rich doesn't cry out to him, God doesn't give him that word. And if God doesn't give him that word, I I, I don't know how that process of of grieving is handled yeah it goes back to he says what what christmas eve night he was hanging working on a wall right and he finally humbled himself and not finally humbled himself but was at the point where he cried out to god what 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 do you want from me you know you've given me this gift and this love for golf but it hasn't played out like i thought it would what do you want from me and at the time, Rich was probably asking God, you know, what's my path now? You want, you want me to stay here and get a job? You want me to continue down this golf path? All, all these things. But God's answer was probably took Rich by surprise a little bit when he said, I want you to start with being thankful. And so I've heard different stories about that, um, that have, how God looks at our hearts is completely different than how we look at our heart. Uh, but he's constantly searching our heart. He's constantly uh, shaping our heart and molding our heart into what it, he wants it to be for us. And that was a huge statement, I, which resonated with me when he said God very clearly spoke to him. It starts with being thankful. I think that will resonate uh, with a lot of our listeners. And... And then it spun off into eventually becoming the hands and the feet of Jesus, which uh, he did a very good job of explaining what that what that looks like, how applicable that is in terms of how their com- how their company is all based upon doing something for others. Uh, there's not a lot of companies out there that probably have that as one of their founding fathers and or f- foundations of who they are, but probably a lot of reason why they have success in, in terms of what they're doing. Uh, but uh, I, I love that. First Thessalonians five sixteen that 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 he said and, and I read but uh, it's just a I think Rich uh, did a great job of challenging us in a very uh, soft loving way uh, to be m- more thankful in just our day to day to day to day to day because uh, you haven't spent as much time around him as I he's literally one of my best friends but. He is as thankful as anyone that I've ever been around. But that doesn't that's not just because Rich Morris chose to become thankful. It's because he cried out to God, God heard his cry, God gave him an answer, and Rich was obedient to what God asked him to do. Uh, and I think that's uh that's that's very important. We can swing and miss yeah, on obedience and-, and we can swing and, and miss the blessing because of it. Uh, and and Rich's obedience to being thankful has certainly uh, impacted his heart and, and a lot of people because of it. Yeah, and I, I, I you know this is not the prosperity gospel of be thankful and everything goes your way. Like God told him, be thankful, and then his son died. Yes, right after uh, that. Right after that, yeah. and so I think it's just a powerful. And, and then Rich and his wife chose to be obedient anyway, right? And then yeah. and then God has blessed that. Right. Um, And I also think back to when Jesus sent the disciples out two by two and he told them to be his, this is one of the very rarely quoted verses in scripture that that at least from what I've in my uh, church attendance is Jesus told the disciples to be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. And I think about that as, as it, as it relates to how we interact with culture to be as shrewd as a snake and as innocent as a dove and the thought process around of like, understand your surroundings, understand where you're at. Right. But, but make sure your motives are are pure and, and, and for the Lord. And I, I just think about the way they're using the apple of a big giveaway yeah. to encourage people to love each other and serve each other. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. some people might be like, well, the people are only loving other people because they want a new car. Okay. They're still loving other people. That's right. Right. They're, like they're, and they're still, learning to love other people. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, Jesus mm. said, the only time Jesus is quoted in the book of Acts is uh, it is better to give than to receive. Like that, that is, 
his quote, that is a quote of the Lord, but it's not in one of the gospels. It's in the book of Acts. And we know that to be true. It's actually one of the most quoted mm-hmm. scriptures. Like yeah. we, you know, it's kind of one of those, uh, even culture would agree. It's better to give than receive, right? Yeah. Do good things for other people, right? Um, kind of this modern good version of karma. Do good yeah. things for other people. Good things will happen to yeah. you. Well, Jesus doesn't actually say the good things will happen to you. He just says it's better for you to give than to receive. And Rich knows that. And so he wants to give people incentive to do that. And if it's a new car or a new house or cash, he knows that doing good for other people is good for them. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully that plants seeds to where that spurs fruit um, that's not motivated by some sort of you know, big prize or whatever. So anyway, I just... I love the way their company is using um, motivation to spur goodness. I think it's yeah. I think it's awesome. Well, they are tremendous uh, uh, title sponsor of us is who they are. We wouldn't be here without OneCountry.com jumping on early, and our, our other sponsors are well Connexio.com, Blue Delta Jeans, but One Country has been with us from day one. And there's the reason why is their heart aligned with what our heart is trying to do as well. And Rich Morris did a great job of uh, laying out exactly what that looks like. And uh, I liked his transparency today. I liked his honesty. Uh, I liked everything that he taught us. And there's there's a lot for us to dive into uh, and, and to pray about, I think, after listening to Rich Morris. Like, do I need a new set of glasses for me to view life from? That's a good question to ask every now and then. You know, our, our vision changes as we get older, our, our actual vision changes. Uh, and, and so you got to adjust your glasses as you get older. If you have glasses, if you're like me, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, by the way, I don't wear my glasses because I have this theory that if I wear them, my eyes will continue to weaken and adjust to that. So I just kind of stay with what I am and wear them at night. My eye doctor says, no, that's that's not even true at all. <laughs> but, I got my, but, I think I, but I think I am. But you're going so, with it. But I'm you're going, going with it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going right. with it. Yeah. yeah just but, keep running uh, that out there, Jimmy. Yeah, just don't, exactly. don't, don't drive next to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways. Well, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, what a beautiful, what a beautiful time with our friend Rich Morris today. Uh, Father, his heart for for you, his heart for others, uh, resonated with all of us. It was very clear. And that's what you've called all of us to be, Lord. Uh, a person that loves and a person that gives. Father, I pray if there's any listener today, Lord, that has never um, surrendered their life to you and given their heart to you, Lord, that uh, this podcast or this time right now might be the time that they say, I've had enough. I'm tired of chasing my own. I'm tired of leading my own life. And Lord, I need you uh, to take control of my life now. And I surrender to you. If that's the case, Lord, I pray that you hear that prayer right now from that person or people. Lord, we love you. We need you. We thank you so much for our podcast. We thank you for who you are and all that you do for us, Lord. Keep us safe until we're together again. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.